The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, DJs, it is Monday, December 4th. We have your NFL Week 13 touchdown, Monday night football game to bet on, and we also have NHL and a couple of NBA games. I'm Mad Max. Joining me today, the one and only Sex Panther. Panther, thank you for having just a little bit of voice left to do the show this morning. Yeah, you would think that I was just streaming at the football, you know, TV screen, football, or, you know, an exciting weekend with college and nfl but uh, no that's not it um maybe it was some fades and uno with my kids i don't know but this morning uh, it, it's better than it was but i was kind of worried I, I anytime this happens i always go back to the uh puberty F episode with peter brady and the brady bunch you know when they're trying to go in there and sing the song and they they change it because he sounds like, well, he just sounds like shit. His, his voice is all over the place. So that, that's what I feel like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and grind through this thing because we've got a lot to talk about today, Max. Yeah, unfortunately, we're a podcast, not a video cast. So voices are needed here. We can't bring in like a, a sign language interpreter for you. It's a kind of a sign what you're what, what you're saying here. We actually need to hear you. So I uh, appreciate you uh, uh, manning up and doing the show today, despite voice issues, because there is a lot to get to in the NFL. And of course, college football we will start off with point number one. We had our first team officially eliminated from the playoffs yesterday, Panther, and that team is the Carolina Panthers. Pour one out for our boy Homer J. Simpson, 996, who is our resident Carolina Panthers fan, officially done this year. Now, uh, they put up a fight. Listen, they put up a fight yesterday, but they could not get that coach po uh, post-coach bump to propel them over a win against the Bucks. Now Tampa Bay has improved to 5 and 7. They are back into the playoff hunts. Uh we'll get to the, the NFC playoff hunt a little bit later. Let's focus in on the Carolina Panthers. They traded DJ Moore and some other draft picks in order to move on up to the number 1 pick from Chicago. Now, Panther, if you believe in Bryce Young as the future quarterback for the Carolina Panthers as I think many people do, 
they'll have flexibility, it looks like, to trade their number one pick to a QB-hungry team, <coughs> Patriots, <coughs> Steelers, uh, because now if they have their quarterback in the future and they end up with a number one pick, they can decide to do what they want with theirs. Now, their pressure is going to be there because of what C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans are doing, but I th- if Carolina can ignore all of that, which I don't know if that owner can, but let's pretend that that, that that can happen. They ignore the pressure from the Texans. My question to you is, do you think Carolina can complete this rebuild around Bryce Young? And if so, how many seasons do you think it takes them? I do. I You know, they made a mistake, but it's not a glaring mistake. Um, C.J. Stroud, I don't think anybody could have envisioned that he would perform as well as he has for this entire season. But Bryce Young was a very good, accomplished quarterback at Alabama. And I, I think with the right tutelage um, and the, the right parts, we always talk about the parts and pieces around your quarterback, that those are the things that matter. But I think the biggest thing that's going to start this rebuild is going to be them getting the head coach right. You just can't go around firing your head coach 11 games into the season each and every year. They've got to get this coach right, or it won't matter who the quarterback is. To me, that's where the rebuild starts. They're going to bring in a guy that at first isn't enamored with Bryce Young, because if you bring in a guy who doesn't want Bryce Young as your quarterback, you're starting over anyway. They've got to bring in a guy that, can work with Bryce Young. He's a shorter quarterback. We've seen short quarterbacks make it in the league before. Um, I don't think I'm going to hold that against him by any stretch. It's a winnable division despite their one win this season. They've been respectable in a lot of games. I don't think the Panthers are that far out, but the answer to your question is they can complete the rebuild. They can do it within two or three years. But the first domino that's going to have to fall is that head coach that takes over for Frank Wright. Yeah, I agree. Listen, man, um, he's they just, they just got to hope that on the spectrum of Alabama quarterbacks that Bryce Young is closer to the Jalen Hurts side of the spectrum and less about the Mac Jones side of the spectrum. And speaking of Mac Jones, you saw what Bill Belichick did with Mac Jones. Uh, Carolina, just – Word of advice, I know he's got a big name. I know he's won a lot of titles. You might want to avoid Bill Belichick, just saying. Point number two, hey, I mentioned the Steelers' name in that last uh, uh, that, that, that last uh, point, right? I, I, I coughed a little bit, and I believe the word Steelers came out of my mouth. So let's talk about the Steelers, Panther. Pittsburgh looked to be in cruise control to make a playoff spot in the AFC. They had seven wins, uh, pretty cake schedule. Then yesterday... A little potential bump in the road happened as a loss of Kenny Pickett. He got injured, and that led to a Mitch Trubisky sighting. He had a weather delay, or multiple weather delays, and he saw fights in the stands happening there. And then Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals beat the Steelers by two touchdowns. They fired their offensive coordinator that apparently was holding them back, and they put up a 10 spot. You blaming weather on this one, Panther, or is this an even worse situation in Pittsburgh? You know, I wish we could just cue up our Dennis Green soundbite. They are who we think they are, right? The the Steelers are not good. They've been skating by on a piss-poor offense, a better-than-average defense, 
and finger pointing at Matt Canada for everything that's wrong with them. But everything that's wrong with them is they're just not any good. They lost to the Cardinals, and I really wasn't surprised. If you go back to Friday, I don't think either one of us touched that game. But I wasn't surprised that they lost that game. Now, if they lose this week to New England, <laughs> I will be surprised because New England just is really, really bad. But I, I, the Steelers aren't good. Um, losing Will Levis, it, not Will Levis, Kenny Pickett. Losing Pickett, um, I is it really a loss? I like I don't think much of Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's any better or worse than uh, Mitch Trubisky. So they're going to be just as good or bad hands, however you want to sugarcoat this team. But they're still going to make the playoffs because their schedule's garbage. But there's just no way anybody, elf, self, any self-righteous Steelers fan can look at this team and think, yeah, we're good. We really have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. No, you don't. You don't have any shot. Just stop it. Stop it already. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm afraid of this Steelers Patriots game. I mean, the Patriots uh, lost six to nothing. I mean, can can it be a three nothing? Could it be a two nothing game, Panther? Like, honestly, is it going to be a safety that the Steelers get on Bailey Zappi and the fucking Patriots? Two nothing. Like, uh, a zero zero tie. How about that? Uh, the Steelers like to get ties. If you go back, I think they're always the team that ends up with a fucking tie. I am dreading this. I know you got your boy uh, Drago, who is the Steelers fan, right? C. Stevens, he's the one that hangs out in the chat. Yeah, and he yeah. was uh, he was he was talking a lot of smack about this game. I think he's eating a little bit of crow this morning because that was a shitty fucking loss by the Steelers. And and if they don't absolutely smack down this awful Patriots team, then yeah, um, he shouldn't talk for the rest of the fucking season. <laughs> he, he might disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Point number three, let's say thank you to CJ Stroud. Panther, why am I thanking CJ Stroud? You might ask, well, for cooling off the fucking Broncos. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had them in my top 10, and now I'll be happy to remove them from my top 10. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Texans got a big win yesterday, so what they what they did was they doused some cold water over there on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and their playoff hopes. Uh, win also put Houston at 7-5, and five, which we will get to in the next point, but let's, let's focus specifically on Denver in this topic right here. The question is, if they can manage just a winning season, Panther... Not make the playoffs, just a winning season. Does it prove that Sean Payton is the answer in Denver? Um, no. Doesn't prove anything. That they, they, they really could only get better, right? Because last year was such a abysmal failure for that team. Uh, the, and the start that they got off to this year, it's like, oh, if they maintain that status... Sean Payton might have been one and done as well, but they got better. They've, you know, turned Russell Wilson into a game manager. They really are not explosive. I, mean, I don't think they're much better than honestly the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but you look at the Broncos. If they turn in a winning season, they're making the playoffs. That's, that's just how mediocre both these conferences are. Nine wins will probably get you into the playoffs on either side. So I, uh, there's excited Denver. They 
they're competitive, they're better than they were, but I don't think they're a legitimate contender, and I don't think we're anointing Sean Payton of anything. They're just better than the other shit teams in the NFL, just not Houston, because Houston's not a shit team. Well, I think what this does is, yeah, it does kind of validate a little bit that uh, Sean Payton is a really good coach by being able to turn this mess around. And even the early season mess of being able to turn it around mid season, like, you know, uh, most teams could have just folded and just fucking packed it up for the season. He fought and persevered and they were competitive in that game yesterday. It's not like that they got blown out. This was a big test and they, and they couldn't live up to the ultimate test. That said, I still think that this validates a little bit of Sean Payton being the coach there. And it might want, you know, make players want to play. In Denver. Now they've got that albatross of a fucking contract with Russell Wilson that's going to hold them back a bit. Uh, I think he's got to uh, be clever and work around that. But, you know, maybe he pays some extra bounties or something like that. Oh, can I say that? No, I can't say that. Uh, maybe he convinces players to want to play for him. And this is a competitive team from here on out. Do I think it, it proves that this is it? That the Denver Broncos are going to be the team to beat in the AFC West? No. Do I think that uh, if they make the playoffs or, or have a winning record, it proves something? I, I think it does. I think it does that show that, you know, they're going to be heading in the right direction and that Sean Payton seems to be the right captain to get them there. Okay, point number four, let's talk about this AFC playoff picture. All right, uh, so we'll start off by saying that the Rams beat Cleveland. Just going to hang out there for a second. We'll get more to that in a minute when we get to the NFC. But So, so Cleveland lost. Uh, Texans won and Steelers lost, as we mentioned. Uh, the Colts, they kicked a game-winning field goal to beat the Titans. That means right now the Browns... Texans, Steelers, and Colts are all seven and five. And one of those teams is going to be left out of the playoff picture because only three of those four teams can make it in. And possibly, again, Broncos six and six, Bills six and six hanging around. It's muddy. Let's just focus on the seven and five teams. Let's just pretend the six and six teams are going to be out. Four seven and five teams. You got the Browns, Texans, Steelers, Colts. Which team out of those four do you have the least confidence in? Which team do you have the most confidence in? Oh, easily Houston. That's the, that's the easy answer for most confidence is the Houston Texans. Least confidence. I mean, I have no confidence in the Steelers whatsoever, but they do have an incredibly cupcake schedule to navigate through, even with the loss. Uh, yesterday to Arizona, they still got some patsies to look forward to. Um, and because of that, I think the answer to the question is the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns might be the team that doesn't make it. You know, they, they had an opportunity yesterday to pick up a win against the Rams. They missed that opportunity. They still, I believe, have to face the Ravens um, and a few other better opponents. So I, I think the Browns are probably the team that misses the playoffs out of the teams that you gave us. Yeah. I mean, if it's talking about confidence, I think I have more confidence in the Browns than I do the Steelers, right? As a team, I think I, even though the Browns defense, as great as it was, the Rams looked like the greatest show on fucking turf yesterday on the, on that great defense. So they were living and dying by their defense and run game. And the Rams just absolutely fucking obliterated that yesterday. Quarterback situation might be a problem. They had Joe fucking Flacco out there yesterday 
for the fucking Browns. Um, that could be an issue. That said, I probably like Joe Flacco better than I do Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. So just throwing that out there. This is fucking desperate times called for desperate measures. The Browns have um, Jaguars next week. Ouch. Bears. Mm, not not easy, but, you know, winnable. At the Texans. Ouch. Versus the Jets win. Versus the Bengals probably win. Or at the Bengals. At the Bengals probably win. So, I mean, the Browns could go one, two, three, and two down the stretch, which could put them at 10 wins, right? 10 wins, so not bad. Pittsburgh, of course, has the Patriots win at the Colts. Not a, not a gimme. Colts could knock them out. Versus the Bengals, probably a win. At the Seahawks, tough game. And at the Ravens. I only count two there for Pittsburgh. Uh, so... Yeah. I only got two there. Looks like Pittsburgh. Let's look at the Colts here. Um, at the Bengals, probably a win. Versus Steelers, probably a win. At the Falcons, could be a win. Versus the Raiders, could be a win. Versus the Texans, maybe not. So one, two, three, possibly four for the Colts. And then, of course, the Texans, uh, we have... The Texans might have the hardest of the schedules, but still... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> At the Jets, at the Titans, win-win. Versus the Browns, possibly a win. Versus the Titans, win. At the Colts, possibly. <laughs> Fucking Texans could run the table. I take that back. I thought the Texans had a harder schedule. I'm looking at this. I think, listen, man, I think the Steelers going to be the odd man looking out. Well, uh, I will say this. I don't want the Steelers in the playoffs because it just makes for shitty playoffs. But I would like to see them get to nine wins just so Mike Tomlin can keep that streak going. I think they get to the nine wins. Don't make the playoffs. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the NFC playoff picture. Point number five. As I mentioned, the Rams actually looked like a fucking football team yesterday. An actual real-life football team, Panther. I saw football being played by my Rams for possibly the first time all year. <laughs> they put up 36 points on that damn good defense of the Browns. Uh, you saw the Saints. They lost to the Lions. Uh, Falcons just beat the inept Jets. So now the playoff picture is starting to come together. You had that loss uh, Thursday night by uh, for Seattle. An absolute shocking win. A shocking win, Panther, in Lambeau Field last night as the Green Bay Packers knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs. So now the log jam in the NFC looks like this. Uh, six and six teams bunched together. You have, same question I, I asked you before, most confidence, least confidence. Vikings, Packers, Rams, Seahawks. There you go, Panther. Have fun. Uh, I don't have confidence in the Vikings. They're not entirely sure who their quarterback's going to be moving forward. The Packers, you know, just when you want to bury Jordan Love. I know, right? (laughs) Just as soon as you want to bury him. I'm scratching my head like, where the fuck did the Packers get six wins? But here we are. The Seahawks are... uh, I think the Geno Smith thing might be over. I think that the league is caught up to him and what they're doing, and they are really struggling. Um, and the Rams, I mean, I love McVay. I love the the receiving core. And Brad, Brad Kyron Williams, man, big difference with Kyron Williams out there the last couple well, of weeks now that he's been healthy. That has been – and defense looked good yesterday – I don't know if you saw it. Aaron Donald got his, I think it's six and a half sack. He, he got a safety yesterday on Joe Flacco. 
Dude, I'm telling you, man, the Rams actually looked like a complete football team for the first time all year. What is the Rams' remaining schedule look like? All right. I knew you were going to ask that. Next week's a tough one. They're at the Ravens. Tough game. Mm. Commanders, Saints, at the Giants, at the Niners to close out the season. Now, if the Niners are playing for the number one seed, that becomes a very, very tough matchup. Three and two. It looks like they could get nine wins. That might be enough. (laughs) In the NFC, nine wins might be enough. All right. Do you want me to pull up the other team's schedules too? Yeah. I think we already went through the Vikings, but man, that loss to the Bears really Mm, tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. All right. Well, let's look at the Vikings anyway. So they have uh, at the Raiders, at the Bengals. Versus the Lions, versus the Packers, versus the Lions. I only got them two out of the five. And I don't eight, think any wins. of the. I, and I don't think any of the two are automatics with this team. They they could very well win three of those games. I don't think they're beating the Lions either one of them. But at the same time, I think they could go zero and five. Just they just. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not excited about the Vikings. Seahawks at the Niners next week versus the Eagles. Wow. And then, okay, to win out the three games so they can get nine wins at the Titans versus the Steelers at the Cardinals. So three and two. But, I mean, could you imagine? That would be a five-game losing streak for the fucking Seahawks. Mentally, a five-game losing streak, what it does to a team. That's going to be tough to get over. You know, at the Niners versus the Eagles. I, it, poof, man. Um, so probably get to the nine there. And then the last team that we're talking about is the Green Bay Packers, who, I, if you ask me, might be my confidence pick here. <laughs> Let's look at the Packers' remaining schedule. Um, versus the Buccaneers. Oh, sorry. At the Giants, win. Versus the Buccaneers, win. At the Panthers, win. At the Vikings, win. Versus the Bears, win. Green Bay winning wow. it out. Green Bay winning it out. They're going to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game winning streak. They're going to be, they're going to be your playoff team. One of the playoff teams right there, the green Bay Packers. I I'm loath to, to agree. I don't, I, here's the thing about green Bay. They're, they're not exciting. They're not flashy. They're not explosive, but they are disciplined. One of the things that they haven't been doing is making mistakes, turning the ball over, making stupid penalties. And if you can play disciplined football in today's NFL, you can win a lot of games. Now, they're going to lose those games to the Eagles and the Niners and the the Miamis and the, the teams that can explode on them. But, I mean, shit, they just beat the Chiefs. Although, I honestly don't think the Chiefs are explosive anymore. We probably have to address the Chiefs at some some point this week as well oh we will get to that in the next we will get to that in the in the next one um green bay packers do have the head-to-head win over the rams so that would be there of course the rams have the tiebreak over seattle they beat them twice this year um and then uh my vikings as it stands right now has the tiebreak over the rams for the best win percentage in conference games so uh Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Green Bay, but yeah, you know, now it seems like it seems like it's Green Bay, Rams, Minnesota, Seattle is somewhere in that. You know, Seattle's in that. Yeah, man, Seattle's 
currently out right now. I think they're ninth. Yeah, they're ninth right now if you're looking at the rankings. So the Rams are outside looking in. It's the Vikings at six, Green Bay at seven. That's what it is right now. And the Rams looking inside out at eight. Seattle dropped all the way down to ninth right now. Uh, and you still got again Tampa Bay five and seven hanging around. I don't I don't think that they can really get there. Uh, and then uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be crazy. Anyway, let's go to point number six, which would be the best team in the league now is dot dot dot. Well, it's going to be fun on Wednesday when we do these rankings, but let's talk about who the best team in the league currently is, because is it the Eagles after getting absolutely smacked down by the Niners 42 to 19 yesterday? Is it the Niners who smacked down the Eagles 42 to 19? Is it the Ravens who, yeah, I think they had a bye this week. The Ravens didn't even play this week, right? (laughs) Ravens were just kind of fucking off this week. Yeah, the Ravens were off this week. Or is it the Chiefs who lost a game in Lambeau yesterday to the Packers? Uh, Panther, easy to say. I test. It's got to be the 49ers, right? 49ers now that seem to beat. But out of those four teams, what are your thoughts on them? The Chiefs have struggled offensively all season long. We kind of threw week number one, the loss against Detroit, under the table. but. Their receivers' inability to catch the ball consistently is creating problems for that offense and sustaining drives. I don't have a ton of confidence in the Chiefs right now, despite the obliteration that the Eagles suffered yesterday at home, mind you, (laughs) to the hands of the 49ers. I still do think the Eagles are a very good team. Just shit like this happens. Um... Baltimore didn't play. I think you and I will agree that as much as we like Baltimore, the coach that we have the least amount of confidence in is John Harbaugh with the Baltimore Ravens in a close game. I don't trust Harbaugh to make the uh, tough decisions, the right decisions. So that does bring us to the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, they had that three-game hiccup, but that three-game hiccup was centered around Brock Purdy and his turnovers and the injuries to Debo Samuel and and missing time. As you've mentioned before, when this team is healthy and when Brock Purdy's not turning the ball over, by God, are they fucking good. 49ers by a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's If the 49ers can remain healthy... I, and it's still it's still not a guarantee that they can get that number one seed. They got to hope that the Eagles lose another game, which I, I don't know if the Eagles are going to lose another game, but they got to hope that the Eagles lose another game for the, for that three game losing streak really fucking put a damper on this season for, for the Niners of getting that number one seed. All they got to do is hope that the Eagles win, uh, lose one game and the Niners win at the rest and then it becomes the head to head matchup. And then the Niners would get that number one seed. But it's, it's still going to be tough. That three-game losing streak is really kicking the dick for them. And I, I just think that when healthy, the Niners are the best team in this league. I don't know if they can stay healthy. I mean, name a team that stays healthy all throughout the fucking playoffs. It's it's really fucking tough to do. Now, for the, the Eagles, yeah, it, it looked bad. It was in their home, you know, home field. Uh, Jalen Hurts got banged up in that game. 
they, their defense was amazing in the first quarter. I think they held the the Niners to minus four yards, minus six yards in the first quarter. It was it was their defense looked legit in the first quarter, and then the Niners started getting a groove and and every you know Christian McCaffrey started running and it was just it just everything started to click. And that's the team with this this Niners team when they're clicking. I don't think anyone's beating them. You know when they're healthy, no one's beating them. So they got to, you know, the, the Eagles kind of have to hope that they can get that by and they got to hope that, you know, some some team like, you know, play, plays the Niners really tough in that first round matchup and really kind of, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, someone gets banged up in that one. So, you know, that's what that's what the Eagles are hoping for. As for the Chiefs, you brought it up. Now I'm going to ask you, we are 13 weeks into the season. So the Chiefs, of course, are uh, eight and four. They've played twelve games. Out of those twelve games, how many times did they score thirty or more points? I believe the answer is zero. No, no, the answer is three. But still, oh. but still, this Chiefs team has only scored thirty or more points three times. They did it week three against the Bears. They put up a forty-one spot. They did it against the Chargers, thirty-one seventeen, and they did it against the Raiders, thirty-one seventeen. Ah uh, man, they you know they put up twenty against the Lions in Week One. Um, they barely beat the Jets, twenty three twenty. Fucking Jets! Remember when the Jets were actually good earlier in the season? At hope, they put up nine against the Broncos, seventeen against the Eagles, um, and then nineteen last night in Lambeau against the Packers. I totally agree that the. Chiefs have some concerns offensively centered around the wide receiver. I certainly think that they wish they had a guy named Tyreek Hill. Oh, by the way, uh, the Dolphins, uh, they won 45-15 to 15 against Commanders. Tyreek Hill had 157 yards and two touchdowns. So I think he's had more yards and more touchdowns in this game than the entire wide receiving core of the Kansas City Chiefs combined all season. I kid. Moving on to point number seven, though, Panther. Chaos in college. Now, I know this is usually an NFL touchdown, but from time to time, we do sprinkle in some college football because football is football. Chaos indeed happened over the weekend as Alabama beat Georgia. And in doing so, the Crimson Tide propelled themselves into the college playoffs, leapfrogging not only Georgia. Sorry, Georgia. Great season, but you're out. But also the undefeated Florida State team. I know you have feelings on this, Panther, so please let them out. I'm so glad we're going to 12 teams next year because this committee, year in and year out, just just pisses on teams' entire regular seasons. And I think the biggest problem that fans have with some of the decisions they make, they're almost like baseball umpires. There's just no consistency if you're gonna have a wide strike zone then always be wide but they just fucking make shit up as they go along and then try to give you an answer and you're just supposed to drink the kool-aid did they get it right i don't know i don't know what the measurement was for them to say they got it right did they get the four best teams probably they probably did but you just shit on florida state's 13 and 0 perfect season they had to go into their last game of the season with a backup quarterback. They had to go into their ACC title game with a third-string quarterback 
And if that doesn't scream resiliency and a team effort, I don't know what does. The fact that the Seminoles, and I'm by no means, am I a Seminoles homer or anything like that? I'm a college football homer. I love the sport, but they just continue to fuck this up. As soon as I was actually watching it live when they did it, and they did the first three, and then before they dropped down and did number four, they dropped down to number six, and they put Georgia. And I'm like, oh, my God, Alabama's in because there's no fucking way they're putting Georgia versus Alabama in a bowl game. Like, there's just so many different things that go in the way that they set this shit up, and stupid like things like that shouldn't matter. But it did, and it does. This, this is, and this is even my further point. If Georgia would have won that game, they would have probably left Texas out and left, left Florida State in. But it, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason for what they do. It is chaos. I'm glad it's over. This is the last year we have to deal with this shit. We go to 12 teams next year, and you probably won't hear me bitching about the 13th-ranked team because, quite honestly, I don't even know who the 13th-ranked team is this year. I don't give a shit. Get the right teams in the playoffs. Things will be better. There's Panthers rant on college football. Okay, so now in all of college football, Alabama had the third toughest strength of schedule. And they had the one loss in week one. Once they got their quarterback situation figured out, with another Jalen, by the way, this team has looked like a legit contender, right? So let's not take anything away from Alabama. But you are totally right. What's this all mean? What does this all mean with being an undefeated team? Now, if we scroll down the list, by the way, so here you go. Alabama had the third toughest strength of schedule. If I'm looking, if I'm scanning, I'm just going to scroll down. Texas Longhorns, 17th, right? Mm-hmm. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. I could probably just do a control F if we wanted to here, but it's going to take a while. Uh, number 43, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number 50, the Florida State Seminoles. So there you go. I mean, it's hard to argue Alabama making it, but it's tough to leave out an undefeated team. Hell, listen, I'm sure Liberty is probably like a thousandth on this fucking list. I'm sure that they, they're, oh, there you go, 123. You know, Liberty Liberty's uh, 123 ranked here. So, uh, I don't hear anyone crying about Liberty, really. <laughs> right? I mean, in their undefeated uh, season. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I think that uh, we wanted chaos. Chaos happened. Oh, did, did you want me to check out your favorite team in Ann Arbor where they're at? Is it, is it, is oh, it, I know their strength of schedule is shit because they didn't play anybody. Yeah, let's see. I think it was actually better than, uh, I th- actually, it was slightly uh, 47th. So they're right in between. So Georgia was 43. Florida, uh, Florida State was 50, and the Wolverines were 47, so they were right there. Yeah, so Alabama, third toughest strength of schedule. They had that one week one loss. I can't argue with them not being in the playoffs, yet it just doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's It feels shitty, mostly because fuck the Crimson Tide. <laughs> that, too. And... and, and- to further point, it's them versus the whores of Ann Arbor. There are no winners in that game. I, I literally oh, have to, now, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm now literally the biggest Texas Longhorn or Washington Husky fan in the entire nation. Go Longhorns, go Huskies, win it all. All right. Long episode today, but not a ton to bet on in the second half. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Then after that, we do have a NFL Monday Night Football game, a pair of NBA games, and some NHL. Stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back. Possibly never even left you. I don't even know if we're going to call this the second half of a show. It's probably going to be a very quick second half of the show. But let's start off with this. Monday Night Football game as the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow head to Jacksonville, a pretty damn good Jacksonville Jaguars team at home. uh, Jacksonville minus 10 Cincinnati. I know. I I know it's Cincinnati, but 10 points, Panther are the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Bengals, beating any team by 10 points. Um, Yes. They've done it multiple times this season. But first, I got to point something out. The Jacksonville Jaguars will host their first Monday night football game since 2011. Now, for context, every single team in the NFL has had at least seven Monday night football games in that time period. What the fuck, NFL? You blackball Jackson, like we already send them to Europe for a third of their home games. Now you won't give them a Monday night football game? For fuck's sake, fix this debauchery. The scheduling in the NFL just blows my mind. Okay, That's- before you go on, before you go on, what, what did you just say that the Jacksonville Jaguars have beaten teams by this amount of points many times? A few times this season, yeah. Okay, well, they beat the Steelers by 10 points, exactly 10 points. And they beat. They beat somebody by 14. I know I was looking at it. They beat the Titans 34 14. This, team, this, this team's not doing it very often. 
Not no, not very often, but it is. <laughs> but it a is, couple of times. It is. To your point, you said a couple of times. You said the word couple, and a couple does mean two unless you're in some fun relationship. And relatively recently, too, within the last, you know, five games or so. The problem here isn't whether or not we trust Jacksonville to win by 10 points. It's whether or not we know who the Cincinnati Bengals are without Joe Burrow. Jake Browning played okay last week, threw for 220 yards, no touchdowns. And what made matters worse was Joe Mixon was nowhere to be found. If the Bengals can't balance their offense to where Joe Mixon takes some of the pressure off of Browning and that offense, it's going to be a long, long night. Uh, for this team. Think about this, Max. That last game against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had 20 more plays than the Bengals. The Pittsburgh Steelers were almost two to one in time of possession. And I hate the Steelers offense. This could be a bloodbath. I'm hoping Cincinnati can keep it close and stay in this wild card hunt. I just, without Joe Burrow, I think I read that they had won like three games without Joe Burrow, a quarterback. I'm not giving them much of a chance. I'm going to eat the nine and a half points. I still get it. It'll be the 10, but at nine and a half, I think Jacksonville gets it done. I'll eat the points, 25 bucks on the Jaguars. It's very rarely that I, I owe you an apology on the show. It's usually after the show, after I do a little bit more research. I'm 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 looking at the schedule, and uh, actually, it is actually uh, they beat the Colts by ten, uh, 10 31-21 in Week One, so that's one. They beat the Falcons twenty-three to seven, so that's two. They beat the Colts thirty-seven to twenty, that's three. Steelers twenty to ten, that's four. Titans 34-14, that is five, right? So, yes, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Five of their eight wins, they have won by double digits. So, apologies, Sex Panther. That, that, couple, that, couple, that, couple, <laughs> that couple went from two to five. This is now an orgy. This is not even a couple at this point. This is an orgy of fucking double-digit wins. I might have to rethink this. I had the Bengals plus 10 thinking, man, there's no way that the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars fucking do this by 10. I I don't want to do this to you. I I really I don't want to do this. I'll still bet the Bengals here. I'm going to bet the Bengals. We'll have a little bit of a difference of opinion here. DJ's follow Panther. Uh, I will bet the Bengals because I'm not going to do it to you on the show where I'm changing my mind on the show. I, I did have this you know, as a touchdown game. I just didn't think that the 10... Yeah, 10 seems doable now. Fuck. Go I hate ahead, being switch. wrong. You I hate being it. wrong. I'm not going to make the switch. I'm not going to make I, You know things go bad if I switch like that. <laughs> uh, you know you know it's going to happen. If it makes any difference, I wrote down Cincinnati plus 10. And then I started digging into the stats and last week's game and and what the what you talked about, how many times Jacksonville's covered that kind of line. I'm like, ah. Uh, I think the Jaguars got this, and I flipped myself. So, I we you know we buried the lead. By the way, we did actually hit a DJ parlay on Friday. What you you, you didn't see that? Yeah, we yeah it was it, it was our plus one twenty eight DJ parlay. Hey, a win to win. <laughs> did we hit our NFL parlay? I think no, we had good... no, no, yeah. no, no, did not hit that. No, did not hit that. All right, moving on to the NBA. 
pair of games in the NBA. Uh, you bet in any, either of these? We're yeah, probably going to be on the opposite. We're going to be on the opposite side of one of them. I know it. Well, we're going to rip the bandaid off. Talk about your Celtics going to Indiana. Think on the Pacers. I believe the Celts will still be without Kristaps Porzingis. Doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter because this team can still put up points in a, a hurried fashion. Tyrese Halliburton came right out and said last week, I'm tired of sucking, referring to the two teams that he's played on. The Kings weren't very good when he was there, and the Pacers are still hovering around 500. The last time these two teams met, the Celtics won by a 50 spot. Yeah, no, I didn't say 15, 5-0, or like 5-1. Beat the shit out of the Pacers. <sighs> I mean, it's going to be closer. It's going to be a closer game. But I just, I can't with the Pacers. They're, they're not playing very good basketball right now. I'll eat the five and a half and take the lucky leprechauns for 10 bucks. I'll lean the Celtics with you in this one. I have a question for you. What's going on with the NBA schedule? I have no fucking clue. Right. So there was no I, games yesterday. Zero games none. yesterday. Two games today. So it's like, okay, full slate tomorrow. Two games tomorrow. When, I'm when, assuming Wednesday it has, has something to do slate. with the tournament or something. Oh, maybe. Maybe they have to wait to see, like, the seeding of it to figure out the schedule of things. Maybe that's it. Are, is this a, this is not a tournament game, is it? Are these tournament games today? These are tournament. Yeah, these are tournament games. Oh, Oh, so maybe that was it. Oh, yeah, it's the quarterfinals. So that's it. They had to. That's why they had to keep the schedules flexible to see who the actual teams were and the matchups and stuff like that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense then. I'll lean the Celtics with you. All right. So speaking of tournament games, let's go over to the Western Conference, where the Pelicans will be going to Sacramento take on the Kings. Sacramento's got to be thinking, you know, payback because they did two games already in New Orleans and lost both of those games. New Orleans has resorted back to their old ways of not being able to win on the road, losing their last three in a row that they've been away from the friendly confines. Sabonis and Fox at home. I don't like the four and a half. I really think this could be a close game. I don't love the four and a half. I might try and like buy this down to three or something, two and a half. But as it is for the show, I'll eat the four and a half and hope Sabonis just does Sabonis things. Ten bucks on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, disagreement on this one. I I I do think that um, Sacramento wins. So no disagreement there. I do think that they win. I just think that yeah, the points are too much. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet New Orleans here. Ten dollar bet on the Pelicans. Uh, they do absolutely suck on the road. I yeah, I'm not gonna argue there. But they've been a good basketball team uh, lately. I know they 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 had they lost their last game, um, but they've been a pretty good basketball team lately. In fact, like their uh, their diff point differential is better than Sa Sacramento's got a negative point differential, and and New Orleans actually has a better point differential. They've got a positive, slightly positive point differential. I think this is a competitive matchup. Kings get out on top, but close matchup. I'll bet the Pelicans. All right, time to go to the ice. Decent slate of games. I'm going to bet three of them. We'll start with Dallas going to Tampa Bay. This is not the Tampa Bay Lightning that you like to hate, Max. This team is probably the team that you described back in the day. I don't know if it's they're just unlucky or they just got old real fast. But right now, they're not very good, and it doesn't matter if they're home or away. Dallas 
has found ways to win on the road. We know they're very, very good at home. But the line here seems a little suspect to me. I thought Dallas should be a little bit chalkier. I hope this line gets worse to justify my pick. I want the Dallas Stars for 10 bucks. Absolutely one of the games that I'm on as well. I am betting the Stars with you, minus 105. I'm not going to call this a gift. I'm going to I'm just call this uh, some, you know, Good line value for us right now. I think it's going to get worse. It's minus 110 in a lot of other books, so it is dropping. We'll grab this right now and, and say, hey, we'll get two games in our parlay, it seems. we got the Boston Celtics minus the five, and then this Dallas uh, Dallas Stars team. So we got we got agree on one more, Panther. That's it. But you're, you are leaning really, really heavy on Jacksonville. So. <laughs> Um, even though even though I bet Cincinnati, I'm leaning Jacksonville. Yes, yes, I'm. <laughs> I put I put twenty five dollars on the fucking Bengals, knowing that I'm gonna just set that twenty five dollars on fire. I might as well have just bought you know a drink from Starbucks. Oh uh, god damn, twenty five bucks of Starbucks. All right, next game up. Washington is in the desert. They're on a long road trip. Uh, fifth game that they will play on their road trip. They're gonna take on the Coyotes who I do remember, and I think it's hard to get out of my mind, is a couple years ago, maybe even last year too, they just weren't very good. Like, one of the worst teams in the league, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Even in their losses, they're playing teams, they're playing good teams, very competitively at home. I think they can take care of a road-weary Washington team. I'll take the Coyotes for 10 bucks. I was betting two games today, Panther, in the NHL, and this is the second one. I'm betting Arizona here as well, so I do believe we have our Dijon parlay uh, in place at this point in time. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, the, Washington's not as bad as I thought they were going to be, but then if you look at that Metropolitan, like, it's a, it's a logjam. You know, if you say, are the Devils having a bad season? Yes, they're having a bad season. Three points separate them and the Washington for third place in the Metropolitan right now. It is just like it's actually the most competitive fucking division, it seems. Um, uh, the Atlantic's really competitive, too. So there you go. Uh, Montreal's got 23 fucking points. So listen, Washington, better team than I thought they were going to be. I uh, they're decent on the road. Uh, but yeah, I like how Arizona's playing. They've won four games in a row. They're a solid home team. I think they get it done today. So yeah, $10 bet on the Coyotes. All right, last game up for me. The St. Louis Blues are going to the desert, the other desert. Take on the Vegas Golden Knights, who I made some money on fading these Golden Knights while they're on the road. But they're back home, and they're back playing Golden Knight hockey, the kind of hockey that kind of hoped they would play i'm not sure what happened with that little road trip they went on a little binge man where they just couldn't do anything right they've won their last two games by um mirror scores of four to one take on a st louis team that's a not very good and b even worse on the road i gotta eat some chalk i was tempted to puck line it but i won't i'll just eat the fuck out of this chalk minus 195 give me 10 bucks on my golden knights I think it's a smart play. I'm leaning Vegas. Even minus 200 is the best I'm going to get you, though. Unfortunately, wow. Um, yeah, but I still think that's the right play. You could get plus 125 with the puck line, but I wouldn't feel great with that puck line here. St. Louis not a terrible team, a bad team on the road, but not a terrible team this season. In fact, they've shown some life. But I think yeah, minus the 200 is still well within your implied probability for the Golden Knights in this one. 
I'll lean Vegas with you. Those are my picks for the ice. All right, almost a 50-minute show here. We'll close this out with our Dejan parlay where we've got the Boston Celtics minus five against the Pacers, the Dallas Stars minus 105, and the Arizona Coyotes minus 115. That Dejan parlay pays 6.04 on this Monday. Jam-packed episode. Didn't feel like 50 minutes. Hopefully it didn't feel like 50 minutes to you guys listening at home. Panther, take us home. All right, well, I do apologize for the voice. Hopefully it's better for tomorrow. But, hey, I love doing this show with Max. I love hanging out with the Degenerates. And if you guys want to hang out with us, you can do it right here in the Asylum. Join our Discord channel. Come in and shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did over the weekend, what you're doing today. When it's all said and done, kids, let's make some money, fools. This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly. We will not be held responsible. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.